moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand in hand, nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to Skyrizi. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRIZZY to learn more. Get ready to command the road in a new ride from Gossip Kia on the Pike. Go the road less traveled in 2023 Kia Seltos LX. $263 a month, $29.99 due at signing. 2023 Kia Sportage LX, $288 a month, $34.99 due at signing. And 2023 World Performance Car, $20. 23 Kia EV6 Wind. EPA estimated range 310 miles. $499 a month, $49.99 due at signing all 36 month leases. Plus Kia's 10 year, 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty. That's Gossip Kia 1900 Covington Biker Shop 24 7 at KiaCovingtonPike.com. Ask for Bobby J. He'll put you in a new Kia today. If you want it, we got it and got it more. The acquisition fee, 30,000 miles, 20 cents, excess mileage, Seltos P745, 8378, MSRP 23996, Sportage P7173696, MSRP 27077, EV6 P5105073, MSRP 49965, includes all rebates and incentives, must finance through Hyundai, excludes tax on the license with approved credit, CD for complete details, offer valid through 531 23, dealers only, warranties, a limited powertrain warranty, CKIA.com, retailer for details. So you're looking to unwind after a long day or celebrate with friends. You want music, but you also want something else. Bourbon at Blue Note Bourbon. We believe music and bourbon have something in common. They can lift your spirits, soothe your soul, and take you to another place in time. So here's the great music, good times, and great bourbon. Pick up a bottle today and let Blue Note Bourbon be the soundtrack to your night. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright 929 espn For the next two days, we got a mini reunion edition of the Giannato and Jeffrey Show, minus Mark, producing the program. The executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show. He's always on Twitter at cdunning929. Connor Dunning, good day, sir. Good day to you, sir. I'm trying to remember, it was two weeks ago. My mom doesn't really keep up on the the happenings at 92.9. I think she's aware of when I'm on the air, that's about it. And she said she was in her car, and she's like, wait, is Connor back? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that, that, that was, I don't know now, what are we in, probably a month? How long has it been? It's been, I think this is the fourth week. So if we're in, I, we're in week guess. four, Connor's back, and my mom was super excited. And I was like, yeah, no, the real great news is whenever Mark leaves, your boy's going to have to pinch it on our show, so it's good to have you back, buddy. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. It was nice because in pre-show when we were kind of going over topics, it does make you realize when there are people that you've worked with for a significant period of time, you can just go right back to where it was. Yeah. Like, we immediately stumbled on a great idea thanks to Connor. It's Thursday, so that means, of course, it's Tasty Take Thursday. We'll get into one of the takes that Connor indeed had. It's also Thursday, so that means Eric Hasseltine's going to join the program. He'll join us here at about 2.40. We'll get his thoughts on the NBA playoffs and more. 3.05, we're going to get into the list. Uh, Connor, I don't know if you got swept up in uh, blockhead mania from the PGA Championship, but uh, Block is back on the course today. And it has been an electric start for some of us that maybe uh, had a little too much of uh, the blockheads. But we'll get into that. Also, the Patriots cheating again. This time it's actually hilarious because it's something that 
I can truly just enjoy because really it was kind of a nothing burger, but the person at fault, it just makes me so happy. Uh, also, we'll do a quick NFL roundup. There are whispers in Indianapolis of Anthony Richardson uh, essentially doing things that have never been done before on a football field. So we're in a good part of that season. Also, we got to discuss this story. Connor, I don't know if you saw this. Did you see that a man from Kentucky shot his roommate over a four cheese hot pot, the last four cheese hot pocket? Understandable. I don't think so. I think there are ways that it is understandable, but not this scenario. We'll discuss that during the list. Jason Smith will join us during hour number two as well. I want to get his thoughts on Penny Hardaway and the NIL war chest, if you will. We'll discuss that with Jason during hour number two as well. But it's, of course, Thursday, so it's Tasty Take Thursday. And I wanted to start here on Tasty Take Thursday because the reality is, Connor, the kitchen's a little kitchen's a little bare yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, we, we need to go shopping. There, there's not – we're going to do the best of what we got in the kitchen, but we're in a shortage of, of great ingredients. But I thought we would start here because it really clicked with me this morning with a couple of things that kind of took off. I understand we still have Friday. I think we desperately need a three-day weekend. Yes, we do. And I'm not talking about those of us working. I'm talking about all of us. Because there are a couple of moments that it really crystallized for me of, oh, we... We need to log off for a little bit. First and foremost, let's start with the obvious, the local story that somehow always becomes national. Does anyone really need more John Morant takes? I, I just feel like when you've hit the point now where all of a sudden Instagram posts are now leading people to discuss whether or not a wellness check is appropriate, that feels like a good point to acknowledge. Probably should log off a little bit. I'm not going to focus too much on Ja right now, but it does feel like maybe we've reached the point where we could use a weekend off of some Ja takes. Yeah, I'm at the point now to where every time I get a notification on my phone that starts with the word Grizzlies, I kind of like shudder <laughs> and I kind of close my eyes and, there's, and squint to read because you never know what it's going to say. There's no question. Now when you get a notification that says something about Grizzlies, your immediate reaction is now what? Yeah. That's, that's where we are. Further, I am so over the, what is the state of John Morant's shoe contract with Nike? Because you know what it feels like to me, Connor? It feels like when we got three years past COVID, everyone like reigniting their takes about whether or not it started from the lab in China. You got like, it was just like everyone, someone hit a, someone hit the bullhorn and everybody was just reheating their takes and ready to go. And it feels like the same thing with this one. But it also feels with the state of they keep putting shoes available. It also feels a little murkier. But I will fall back on I think there are lots of things to criticize Darren Ravel about. When Darren Ravel tweeted that Sunday of the video that he expects the John Morant contract or the John Morant status with Nike to be paused, that did not come out of thin air. Ravel never had to issue a rebuttal or an apology. It seems likely that even if you're staunchly in the I hate the media, the media is just trying to tear down Ja. I think we can all acknowledge the status of his contract is not as high as it was intended to be. Are we all good there? Yes. Okay. There were two other ones this morning that I saw scrolling past, and I realized, like, oh, boy, um, we need a three-day weekend. Uh, Connor, I'd like to read from you uh, from a story on the – Front page of ESPN.com. This is the opening line. I'm not making this up. 
We know the San Antonio Spurs aren't actually going to trade the number twenty, the number one 2023 overall pick. But what if a trade offer landed on the desk of Spurs general manager Brian Wright that at least forced the organization to briefly consider it before saying no? Again, not pointing the finger. Everyone's got an editor, and everyone's got to probably turn in some words. But isn't that a pretty good indicator of we've officially run out of things? That's amazing. I mean, they've gone full ESPN trade machine mode, to be quite honest. It's like, it's like, <laughs> I trade machine while also a, like bringing in well, like other people. And the best part about what you just read is that it's not just a story on ESPN right now, it is the front page story. It's the number one position, it's the prime spot to get you it's to click in the on a. it. And the first sentence is, we kind of made this up, but hey, we're all bored. Correct. And I can also acknowledge this. My wife had texted me this uh, around lunch. Really slow day. And this is one of those points for those that have, like, office jobs. These next two days are the ultimate how the hell are we killing time. Because a lot of people have already gone on vacation, and you're basically just clocking in because either you don't want to waste vacation time, maybe you're out of vacation time, maybe you're saving vacation time for something else. So it is about as slow of a work time as everyone can have. I do think that at least, like, if you're bored at work, that's probably something I would click on and read. Oh, yeah, for sure. It it at least gives you, I can make fun of this with my friends ammo, and that kills, like, 20 minutes at least, like 20, 30. It's something to bring to the group chat. Right. When there's nothing else to bring to the group chat. All right, then this was the one that you and I had talked about a little bit earlier. It appears, I'm not really sure what the level of actual outrage is, but certainly online there's faux outrage at Chris Mannix for his comments about the Denver Nuggets, and essentially his premise was one of the big reasons that we do not, we're not talking about the Nuggets being compelling is because they're not compelling. I would say this, that of course invites, when you have a take like that, that does invite all the obvious rebuttals. Okay, so, but you're still just going to talk about whether or not Kyrie's going to join the Lakers. You're going to talk about, uh, are they going to blow up the Sixers, whatnot. I understand that it invites all of that. I think those are actual fair things because I've had plenty of complaints about the way we talk about the NBA. I do actually find myself agreeing, though, with his general point. Maybe we don't get there the same way, but here's what I mean by that. What is there to say about the Denver Nuggets right now? Because to me, this is what there is to say. God, Nikola Jokic is awesome. Holy cow, Jamal Murray is playing like you need him to play if you're going to win a championship. They're good. What, What else is there? I mean, if you look at their playoff run, the only game that they lose in their opening series against the T-Wolves was a game in which they were down 20 or whatever, furiously come back, and you think, oh, my God, the Wolves did it again. Right. It goes to overtime, and the Wolves hang on. Well, then let's turn to the Phoenix series. And in hindsight, I don't think – I think everyone – appreciated and tipped their cap to Booker and said he's playing phenomenally. I think, though, in hindsight, we should consider his game three and his game four, and I would even include the first half of game five, we need to really go back and revisit how awesome he was. Because, really, that's the only thing that probably kept them from getting swept. I mean, there was a moment where he was the best player in the playoffs. Correct. But it was a elite offensive player on an Unbelievable heater. Right. I mean, he was shooting, what, like 70% from the floor? And it wasn't as if, oh, he's only taking layups. Like, he was pulling up from the logo, and you're like, that's going in. And then you get to the Lakers series, and I, I just, I don't understand. Like, are we supposed to go back and revisit how they beat the Lakers? I, I just don't understand I don't understand the backlash because 
I can completely agree with Mannix. The problem with the Lakers, or the problem with the Nuggets is, right now all there is to say about them is, God, they're good. That's not really interesting. I do think, though, the larger problem that I've had, because it feels like it has intensified definitely in the last five years, maybe even a little bit before that. The NBA's always had the reality show, the soap opera angle. It does feel like now more than ever, though, in the midst of the playoffs, we have adopted the reality show angle way more. Absolutely. And I guess to examine it fully, though, there are significant things that have happened. Okay, let's take Philly, for instance. We knew coming into this year, it was largely put up or shut up time. Okay, they have been one of the driving narratives of the NBA ever since the process. Well, now it feels like we got to the point where the process is done. I do understand why that's something to talk about. Then you have the Bucs, and the Bucs fired their coach after getting bounced in the first round in five games. The number one team in the NBA. They were the favorites to win the title, and they get bounced. That seems to me like that's probably going to be something that you talk about because the first question is, what happened? And now, as we've seen the playoffs go on, we're starting to realize, well, the Heat probably drastically underachieved for much of this year, and you had to play half the series with Giannis out, and the Heat really forced the Bucs into an uncomfortable spot where it's a late-game situation, and you have to figure out, is Giannis going to have the ball in his hands? Or is somebody else going to have to make a shot? Because we saw what the Heat did every time Giannis got the ball in his hands late game. They just fouled him. And so there you wind up with the team that has the best record in the league, the team that entered the playoffs being the favorite, now being bounced. That seems like something we're going to talk about. And then in the East, you also have one of the single biggest legacy franchises with the Boston Celtics who seemingly had the path cleared for them to yet again make the finals. Well, here they are. They lose the first three games. They win a game four that it feels like everyone's trying to talk themselves into this being a series. Yes, very much so. But I'm now at the point where I got to see it again tonight because – Honestly, my first reaction even watching the game was, well, Boston hit shots tonight. Yeah, they hit their threes. It, it, was, it felt that simple to me watching the game, and that's what you know, Gabe and I talked about yesterday. And that, Miami didn't hit theirs. And Miami didn't hit theirs. But it, it, Boston, they came out and they had more intensity. They had more fire. But they didn't do anything different than what they were doing in the previous games. The, literally the only difference was that their shots were going in. And whether or not it's fair – When you're watching the number two seed play the number eight seed and struggle it the way that they have and lose games in the same fashion that they've lost pretty much the entire season, which we can all locally relate, horrible fourth quarters, it's going to invite what the hell is going on here. So it just, to me, it all like spoke to Everyone is now just online scrolling, looking for something to yell at. And to me, like that is when you have reached the point of you really need a three-day weekend. We are at peak scrolling at work right now and finding something oh, yeah. to be upset about. Like, I mean, and to your point, I think what really happened is that, especially with NBA coverage this year, everybody kind of set themselves up to and kind of convinced themselves that this was going to be a Lakers-Celtics thing or that the, the big market teams are going to be the number one teams that we are going to be talking about. And then all of a sudden, the, the Nuggets just sweep the Lakers, beat the hell, hell out of them, and the Heat take control of the series. So it's two teams that people haven't been covering all season. All of a sudden, they have to teach themselves or learn how to cover, and they're doing it on the fly, and you can tell. What I don't understand is, 
why they're saying the the loud part. Why why are they saying it out loud? Like you don't have to say this stuff out loud. <laughs> we kind of know that y'all know not how to how to not cover these teams and. You know, we know that you know that these teams are boring or that you think these teams are boring, but you don't have to say that to people. I don't understand that part. Like, did he think he was going to get credit going online? People are going to be like, you know what, man? Yeah, they are boring. But, no, of course the response he got was, you know, come on, man. <laughs> like, yeah, I know it's I, – I do, I do agree with you halfway. So here's what I agree with. I think it was completely understandable to write off the heat this year. No, 100%. 100%, what, what, yes. Where, so Tyler Hero is not playing. It's where crazy I, what they're doing. Where I 100% agree with you is Denver being good is not a surprise. They <laughs> no. were the one seed in the West. It wasn't like you were going to pick the finals, both finals participants from the East. Like, do you think maybe there's also... I, I also wonder with... I also wonder if there was like some hesitancy it feels like the way that you have to cover the nuggets is a focus on Jokic yes and I do think there was some I don't really want to get into the Jokic and Bede debate I would dude I, the, to your point about the beginning of the show it's like we're riding a bike right now yes. that is exactly where I was about to go with this is I was about to say it feels like to me people are avoiding talking about the nuggets because they have to admit they were wrong about the MVP that has been a big thing with me is you keep hearing these reporters and these voters be like, yeah, because Embiid's MVP in a month has gone from Embiid finally won the MVP that he deserves, and it has gone to Jokic just didn't want that damn thing this season. He didn't care. That is exactly what his MVP discussion has turned into, and it feels like the people that voted for Embiid are actively avoiding that conversation because that's the real one we should be having right now is how the hell did Jokic not win the MVP it's just because he didn't care at the last month of the season. He did not care. Yeah, and I also think, though, it kind of speaks to... I think Jokic is... I think he's fully aware another MVP doesn't change his standing in the game. No. The only thing that changes his standing in the game is finally getting over the hump and getting a title. Yes. that Because in the end, everyone's just going to revert back to... And he's just a regular season player. And so I think that's why you've seen that last month that you point to where the Nuggets really were not playing good basketball. It was almost like immediate once the playoffs started. You're like, oh, it's almost like this people guy's different. have like an underlying pettiness about the Nuggets almost tricking them. Or, or it was almost too obvious that they were the best team. And people tried to zag too much when it was there the whole time. It was like, this was here the whole time. They were the most consistent team in the regular season. They were the most consistent team in the playoffs. They have the best player in the world right now. Of course, like, they're the most healthy team. They have the most depth. It, they have the altitude. They have one of the best coaches. It was almost like they, they have were— the most continuity. And it's almost like all of those things are so obvious that you can't really discuss them in different ways because they've been there this whole time. It's hard to break those down— when, they've, when it's been so obvious for so long, because you have to admit that you were wrong at some point about them when you speak about them. And I do think that reporters, and especially NBA people, especially NBA people, certainly don't like to talk about themselves being wrong. Yeah, and I think it also, I think it also invites a conversation that a lot, of, a lot of the media types that we're talking about, they enjoy their standing because of they are... Sanctioned by the league, if you will. Yes. They've been given league dust. Yeah. Like, they are acceptable by the league. And the the big problem, and it's the biggest problem that I have continue, like, continuously had growing with my frustration with the NBA, I love basketball. Yes. I really do. I, competitive basketball is awesome to watch. We've now gone to even to the point, I can understand during the course of an 82-game regular season that is the length of time that the NBA regular season is, I understand you can't just come in and talk about the game. There's a reason why this doesn't happen in baseball. Like, 162-game season. What are you supposed to come in? The Cardinals lose 10-3 last night in Cincinnati. Like, it was something that happened. So I do understand falling on the crutch of, well, let's get into the drama stuff that people care about. What has really surprised me this year, though, is 
it feels like it has been stronger in the playoffs than I can remember in past years. And maybe that's selective memory, but to me it has really felt like this year the the playoffs have been less of the focus of conversation. It's been everything else around it. Yeah, and it has been annoying to say the least because, you know, it's just been it, – it feels like every day it's just legacy talks – and that's ridiculous. We're not talking about – it's like every single time one of these games happens, we're having to review the legacies of every guy involved. It's like, why are we talking about Jason Tatum's legacy right now? He's 26 or 24, wow, however old he is. It's like, why are we doing that? It makes no sense. It's, it's a waste of time. And it, to me, it's, it's because people are wanting to avoid the real conversations like, is Joe Mazzulla going to get it done for the Celtics? What are they going to do this offseason? How did they get more talent, but they were worse on defense this year? Jalen Brown has forgotten how to play defense. He can't dribble. It's like all these things. And then when you talk about the Heat, it's like you want to talk. That's why I was like when they were like, well, we don't want to call them undrafted. Why? That's a story. They were undrafted. Let's talk about that. Not only It's are not they- disrespect. It's part of the story. It's, it's, like, every, it's like they're no, too it's not afraid only, not to talk only, about the truth. It's weird. Not only are they undrafted, the bigger story is do the Heat have a – Scouting advantage? Right. Do they have a coaching advantage? Yes. <laughs> or is it literally something as simple, these guys put on heat jerseys and all of a sudden they literally go on heaters? Like, I, I don't know. Like That is something I would like to explore because I would kind of talked about it with Mark yesterday. The one thing that has always surprised me a little bit or confused me a little bit, maybe is the appropriate word, you can't look throughout the NBA without seeing Greg Popovich tree. Yeah. And it's understandable. I mean, he is the NBA, basically. But what what has confused me is, at a certain degree, Riley and Spolstra have done the same thing. But their tentacles are not as scattered throughout the league. Is it... Is it honestly, though, as simple as the first big Spolstra assistant, Fizdale, like was a, you can you can admit it out loud now, people, he was a spectacular failure? Yeah. And we're just so dumb, it's like, well, one guy failed, they're all going to fail? It, I think there's this thing around them that's heat culture, and it's just about, it has to be in Miami, it's not going to work anywhere else, you have to have this group of guys, the Pat Riley has to be there, it feels like people are making it too small than it actually is. Because it, what they're doing, you can do in other cities with other teams. You just have to have the right people in place. I think a big conversation that people aren't having that we should be having is how right Jimmy Butler was about the Sixers. I don't understand why that's not a bigger storyline right now about how every single thing he said about why he wanted to leave Philly and how they chose to bias Harris over him, how Ben Simmons didn't have it, he, said, he t- kept talking about how the players run everything. Everyone's lazy up there. They're, they don't know what winning basketball is. He was right about everything. Why are we talking about that more? Well, I think, though, it goes to the kind of the, the, the main point that we've been making. Like, Jimmy Butler's not a guy that plays the game with the media. That's also true. Like, instead, who's a guy that plays the game with the media? Bron Bron. Which, today, chef's kiss. We knew it was coming, but... I did... Amazing. I, I did love... Uh, an anonymous Western Conference uh, executive said, we all knew what LeBron was doing. He's trying to turn the tension away. It's like, uh, yeah, this was the thing, though. That was definitely the Nuggets, though, right? It definitely felt like it came from the Nuggets. I was like, Mike, Mike Malone has basically said that in a press. It felt pretty salty. Yeah. It felt very Nuggets to me. You could. Maybe you, a sprinkle of Warriors. You could tell me the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't. Just knowing what I know about the people in the front office here, I don't know if that's something that would be said, but I bet it's been discussed. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a discussion point all of us were having before people started saying it out loud was that every time the Nuggets won the game, it was about the Lakers. Like, after game one, the Lakers lost game one, and people were like, the Lakers should Lakers feel figured am- it out. The Lakers have figured it out. They should feel amazing. And it was all based off of six possessions in which they didn't actually really do <laughs> too after, much. After they fell down 20. Yeah. Alright. And now that brings us to tonight's game. And this was one of this was one of Connor's takes that we were workshopping right before the show. So, let's start with this tasty take. For those that don't know, Joe Mazzulla has made it a storyline 
that he has like these weird motivational tactics. It came out, I want to say maybe like December-ish. He has a jujitsu instructor that chokes him out. Like, it sounds like Giselle, but I mean, same thing. But it, it was one of those ones where like, Okay, like that's a motivational tactic. That's a little weird. And then during this series, we've had, uh, I believe, two talking points. One, that he left his suit in Miami to come back for game six. Oh, my God. Did he really? I missed that. Yeah. That's amazing. Also, he doesn't wear a suit. Uh, and then <laughs> That's also true. He wears the track. Maybe, I was willing to say maybe he meant track suit. Like, I think he wears, like, the, the jumpsuit. But so him calling a track suit a suit is also amazing. Yeah. That's very Boston. And then... We have his new thing is just like LeBron reads The Godfather one page at a time for the last 15 years, Joe Mazzulla apparently watches The Town, and he's watching it on repeat to the point where it sounds like the only thing he's watching is film in The Town. I think we both agree, like, that's not true, right? Yeah, it sounds like based off some of the other things is that the Joe Rogan podcast is probably in there on rotation too. Okay, he also, though, I'll say this. He is at that point where every detail I hear about him, it makes me go, this guy's weird. So, oddly, I would believe just about anything. Oh, yeah. I'm now at that point where it's like, you could pretty much tell me this guy does anything, and I, and I buy it. But the real take is, we can agree on this. Joe Mazzulla shouldn't stop watching the town. No. Because there's no way, like, first off, what's the moral of the story? Go rob a bank? Like, uh, don't. I guess don't forget. Get away with Get away. Well, it's weird because it's like. He was stealing and get away with it. It's, it's Actually, like don't no. forget where you came from, but also you uh, need to outgrow where you came from is kind of what it's about. I think I just I think I just put myself in a pretzel. This is the problem with my brain. If I get enough, I can talk myself into anything. What if the moral of the story is you got away with stealing a.k.a. getting the Celtics job. Like, there's no other set of circumstances he gets the Celtics job other than the one, the way that it happened. Now you got to get away with it. Like, you you robbed the bank. You got the Celtics job. Now you got you to get away with it. I still say that's not the one he should be watching. No. Um, I, I, think, I think he should continue watching the town, lower it to maybe twice a week. And throw in another movie or two, I think is where I'm at. He needs to switch it up. What's it like an inspirational story of someone woefully unqualified for a gig, gets the gig, and it doesn't go disastrous? Because there's a hundred of examples of incompetent, the incompetent character putting into put into a position of power or influence, whatever, and like the comedy is, like, it goes disastrously wrong. But, like, what is the best example of unqualified hero that, like, the story actually works out? Kung Fu Panda. Ooh. The lion, I mean, the Did Lion not, King. The Lion King. Yeah, but... The, Ime, I, see, the problem with... the problem, Ime had to die. He took it over. He wasn't ready. Got his ass kicked. The problem with the Lion King is... In it the works end, out. In the end, it's royalty. Like, he... Yeah. Maybe, is there, like, a... The unexpected king? I guess, like, maybe... Maybe season one of The Crown? Maybe. Because his brother abdicates because uh, he was getting some of that sweet... Uh, two-time divorcee poon, and he wouldn't give it up. And so then your brother, who's having no, like he ends up being king and then gives us Elizabeth, and God love her, that woman hung on to life just solely so to keep her son off the throne, and that was something that was admirable. Um, what about this one? It's kind, of a, it's kind of a stretch, but hang with me here. What about Indiana Jones? I see it. Here would be here would be my argument. Indiana Jones was just kind of there and they brought him in because he was there. Is he like in the end he's not a, like they basically ask him to be like a real life superhero. He's not that, but like he does get his he gets his butt kicked and it gets kind of embarrassing for him. You wind up sleeping Spoiler alert, with the same woman that your dad does and 
you have that awkward we're Eskimo brothers and we're father and son, but like in the end, kind of figures out a way to save the day despite everything going wrong. Is that what he should be watching? It could be because that might be the biggest just get out of the way of the situation because the running joke about Indiana Jones is it's a perfect movie, but if you completely remove Indy from it, everything in the movie still happens, but it happens faster and easier. And the Nazis still lose. <laughs> so Missoula might just need to remove himself and be like, if I stop trying to be this cosplay of a coach thing I'm doing right now, maybe it will go better for the team. Because it has been long known that the one of the reasons he doesn't want to call timeouts is because he doesn't know what, what to, do. to do. Well, I mean, Marcus Smart like, and Al Horford usually call the play. Well, there was, there was a, it was like game one. I think it was game one of the Philly series. He's like, I didn't call a timeout because I didn't have a play. It's like, it's like you don't say that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, thank you. Like, I, I, on a certain level, like, I respect the honesty, but it's like, really, he didn't have one play? Like, first off, is there no one on the bench that doesn't have a play? Like, at all? Well, that's why another movie I thought of to teach him a lesson, he can get a lesson from this, is to watch Saving Private Ryan. Mm. But specifically, the part. Who are we focusing on? the part where Opum, I think that's what his name was, was on the stairs while his guy was dying up there. That's like when Missoula's watching his team get blown out on like a 17-0 run and he doesn't call timeout. You got you to gotta do action in that moment. You got to help your guy stop him from dying. So that, I was like, he can take lessons from things. So like that, maybe that's a how to call timeout, saving Private Ryan. Like, it, see, if you avoid confrontation, your team's just going to die. So yeah, you but, need to insert yourself. But in, or in reality, you know how they save Private Ryan? Everybody else dies. That is also true. That is also true. Spoiler Eddie. alert. <laughs> what about uh, it, it follows the heater zombies, and they're just going to follow you, and eventually they're just going to catch you and need to accept your fate? Yeah. Or maybe it's just like, do Costanza. Just go full Costanza. Whatever you're thinking, do the opposite. Feels like maybe that might help. Like, can't be afraid to fade yourself. All right, when we come back, Eric joins the program. We'll get his thoughts on the playoffs and more. We'll discuss all that next right here. I'm Jay Nottam and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN. I'm Eddie Gross here to help you beat the books with BetQL. Dallas melted down from the team to the fans in every possible way in Game 3 against Las Vegas. Tonight, they face elimination and a sweep on their home ice. But the BetQL model thinks the stars are up to the task. BetQL has stars minus 115 on the money line as a four-star best bet. They have this number at minus 133. I'm Eddie Gross. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. WeatherGuard, the name that stands for unmatched security in truck boxes, is now making a name for itself on the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series circuit. WeatherGuard is the official sponsor of the safety and security work crews at Speedway Motorsports tracks across the country. Engineered to meet the demands from job sites to race sites, WeatherGuard truck boxes feature double-welded seams, weather-tight seals, and high-security latches and locks. If it's a job worth doing, it's a job worth WeatherGuard. Learn more at WeatherGuard.com. Get ready to command the road in a new ride from Gossip Kia on the Pike. Go the road less traveled in 2023 Kia Seltos LX. $263 a month, $29.99 to its signing. 2023 Kia Sportage LX, $288 a month, $34.99 to its signing. And 2023 World Performance Car, 2023 Kia EV6 Wind. EPA estimated range 310 miles, $499 a month, $49.99. 99 do it signing all 36 month leases plus kia's 10 year 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty that's gossip kia 1900 covington piker shop 24 7 at kia covington pike.com ask for bobby J. he'll put you in a new kia today if you want it we got it and got it more the acquisition fee, 30,000 miles, 20 cents, excess mileage, Seltos P745-8378, MSRP 2399 Sportage P7176-396, MSRP 2707 EV6 P5105073, MSRP 49965, includes all rebates and incidents, must minus 200, excludes tax on the license with approved credit, CD with complete details, offer valid through 531.23, dealer stock only, warranties, limited powertrain warranty, ct.com or retailer for details. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've shortened the time from harvest to home for our tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So no matter how you shop, you have more time with your fresh produce. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Enjoy summer festival savings on T-Bone Steaks. Just $7.99 a pound in the family pack with your card and digital coupon. Limit 5. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
So you're looking to unwind after a long day or celebrate with friends. You want music, but you also want something else. Bourbon. At Blue Note Bourbon, we believe music and bourbon have something in common. They can lift your spirits, soothe your soul, and take you to another place in time. So here's the great music. Good times and great bourbon. Pick up a bottle today and let Blue Note Bourbon be the soundtrack to your night. Andy Wise here. Disaster restoration. Fire damage, water damage, storm damage. You think restoring property, right? No, it's about restoring people. And no one does that better than Service Master by Cornerstone. Family-owned, Memphis-based Service Master by Cornerstone won Franchise of the Year for how it saves businesses and restores families. And now it's expanded services to Jackson, Tennessee and DeSoto County. Make the wise choice for disaster cleanup that's in the people-building business. Service Master by Cornerstone, 901-RESPOND. If you're hiring, it can feel like you're trying to find a needle in a haystack. You can hope the right person comes along, or you can just use ZipRecruiter. And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. In fact, ZipRecruiter has helped a lot of business owners find their needle in a haystack. Like Marco, president of operations at Telly Tires and Auto Centers. Because Telly Tires has grown a lot in the last few years, Marco needed to hire everyone from a receptionist to a store manager to a head mechanic. ZipRecruiter helps me find all the right people, even the most difficult jobs to fill. ZipRecruiter helps me keep my business running. Take it from Marco and millions of other businesses who've used ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter can help you find the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-A-D-I-O. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. The Wing Guru, serving up 21 flavors of lip-smacking goodness. This month, enjoy five whole wings for only $9.99. Whole wings the way you like them. Smothered in our famous award-winning sauces at a price to fit your wallet. Five for $9.99 at Wing Guru. Memphis's sports station, 92.9 FM ESPN, celebrates our freedom this Memorial Day weekend. Honoring America and the men and women who served our country. 92.9 FM ESPN. While we celebrate sports, let us also take a moment to remember those who have served our nation, making the ultimate sacrifice. When it comes to baseball, people around here sure do love the birds. You got the Cardinals, the Redbirds, even had the Memphis Chicks back in the day. Yeah, but there's another bird we love, the fire-braised chicken with Memphis white sauce at Topps Barbecue. It's pulled chicken, seared over an open flame, piled high on a Topps bun, and drizzled with a special Memphis white sauce that's creamy and tangy with a little Memphis kick. That's a home run for sure, Jason. Ooh, nice little baseball reference there for you, John. Well, Jason, it pitched me over some of those Topps crinkle fries. Topps fire-braised chicken sandwich, 17 locations. Get it today. Zaxby's new chicken, bacon, ranch-loaded fries are a delicious combination of all your favorite ingredients. We start with a bed of perfectly seasoned crinkle fries, then layer on crispy, hand-breaded, 12-hour marinated chicken, savory, hardwood smoked bacon, a drizzle of creamy buttermilk ranch dressing, and finish it off with a shredded cheddar blend. Plenty to share, but why would you? Chicken, bacon, ranch, loaded, fries, woo, saucy! Zaxby's. Hey, remember the Sunrise Buick GMC truck. Thinking about buying a new or used car or truck? Remember, the selection's better and the savings are bigger at Sunrise. Over 600 new cars and trucks to choose from. Factory rebates up to $1,000 and interest rates low as 2.9. Bad credit? It's okay. At Sunrise, we've got a financing plan for everybody. SunriseMemphis.com. We're saving you money. It's just the way you're doing business. Coming to Pike, Wolfcase, and Collierville. We make it fun to buy a car again. Check out the all-new Sunrise Truck Corral. Huge selection of nothing but trucks. All makes, all models, all prices, all trucks, all the time. Fix the Finding great people to hire can be like trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Their powerful matching technology delivers so many qualified candidates, it's like finding a needle in a needle stack. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. For less hay and more needles, head to ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. At ZipRecruiter.com slash free. 
That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. If the weather calls for rain, then the rain calls for mosquitoes. Keep them away with STEM. STEM is powered by active ingredients found in plants to repel mosquitoes safely and effectively when used as directed. STEM, rooted in nature, optimized by science. This afternoon, hazy, sunshine, and breezy, high of 86. Weather brought to you by Staples. Staple stores are a new world of possible with innovative tools for small business and remote workers and learners. Explore more at your local Staple store or staplesconnect.com. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Place a same-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any MLB game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in bonus bets up to $25. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the same-game parlay insurance promotion to receive up to $25 back in bonus bets. If your parlay with four legs or more loses by just one leg, it's only at BetMGM, the best place to bet on baseball. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. BetMGM.com for T's and C's. 21 or older, Tennessee only, new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. Eric Hasseltine is the Memphis Grizzlies radio network play-by-play host, kind enough to join us each and every Thursday. Eric, I wanted to start here as we're watching the playoffs, and I know maybe game four wasn't the best indicator, but from what we've seen from the Miami Heat in the playoffs, is heat culture really a thing? Is it a scouting thing? Or is it literally just as simple as soon as some of these guys put on put on heat jerseys, they just all of a sudden like level up? Because it's not just that these guys are undrafted. It's getting Cody Zeller in February when he's been at home for a year and a half. How are they able to do this? Because I, I feel like that's one of the more under-discussed aspects of the playoffs that we've seen so far. It's Eric Spolstra. It's Eric Spolster and his system. It's Eric Spolster and his coaching. Uh, he came up through the ranks. His father was uh, around the NBA and coaching all of his life. He was a player in the WCC at Portland, uh, which is where he developed the friendship with David Fisdale and how David Fisdale ended up on that staff. But, you know, remember his first year, everybody's talking about LeBron wants him out. Yeah. And they didn't make that decision because Pat Riley had his back and said, Hey, I know you think you know what you're talking about here, but he knows. So with that said, um, you know, he's got everybody in places where they need to be. And, you know, they get Kevin Love, who's not doing, you know, he's playing in Cleveland and playing better, but, He's got his, you know, he, you can't tell me that Gabe Vincent was going to do this with every team. They put him in a position to be successful. Yeah. Kyle Lowry is a multiple-time All-Star. I think, in all honesty, and maybe because I'm fond of Kyle and uh, developed a friendship with him over the years here in Memphis and stayed close to him when he was gone, I, I think he's a borderline Hall of Famer when you look at his resume. He's right there. Multiple all time. I mean, I think he's got four or five all star game appearances, got a championship, um, could have been an all star probably more times if he hadn't been in the West when he was really playing well and there was like 17 guards that could make it. So, he, but he's gotten Kyle to accept, hey, this is the end of your run coming up. We need you to come off the bench. And not a lot of guys will do that. Kyle Lowry was like, absolutely. And Duncan Robinson signs a multi-year massive contract and they say, Hey, you're not producing. We got to put you on the bench. And there's a lot of guys that become malcontents at that point. Although a lot of money may make you not so much of a malcontent, but he's just stayed ready. And so there's, there's something to it. There's no question about it. Uh, I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. I think his system is one that, yeah, look, let's be honest. Their offense wasn't great this year. It wasn't this blow you away, knock your socks off, 
were going to light up the scoreboard, but they were fine and they just played their way. I remember seeing them when we went to Miami and talking to their radio guy, Jason Jackson, and saying, he's like, oh, I don't know, maybe we can hang on. I said, I, I don't know what it is, but when I watch you guys, I, I'm shocked you're where you are in the standings because when I watch, you guys play really well. And, you know, I don't have the ultimate sample size. I can't watch all 82 games for every team in the league. And, you know, that's just a part of watch them. I was always like, they're, they're tough. They're good. And Bam Adebayo and, you know, look, they had Tyler Hero. Maybe it's even more lopsided. They, they've dealt with injuries. I, I don't know if it's necessarily heat culture as much as, You've got a coach that has people's respect and says, this is what I need you to do. If you do this, I think we'll win. And the thing is, when he said, I think we'll win, he's pretty much proven it. Because remember a couple years ago when they went to the finals uh, in the bubble and lost to Miami, nobody had them going to them. Everybody thought everybody, like Milwaukee or anybody, would run yeah. away with it. And Miami got there. And you're like, hey, this guy, this guy, like there's banners up there that are all attributed to that guy. When you can hang a banner, that's a big deal. And I think, you know, one of the problems that some coaches have that have been on staffs, you know, they've been an assistant on a team that wins a championship is they they try to say, well, well, when we, when we won a championship here or there, and the players will look and say, dude, you didn't win the championship. The head coach did. You were an assistant. He, no one can say that to him. No one. He's the guy. He's the guy that made those happen. And, yes, he had LeBron, yes, Wayne Wade, yes, he had Chris Bosh, yes, they had Ray Allen during the Spurs series, and that was a, the ultimate, you know, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. But, I mean, this guy, he's got a mannerism about him too, Jeffrey. Like, I, I haven't had a ton of interactions with him, but every time I've spoken to him, he's just a level-headed, down-to-earth dude. You know, some, some coaches you talk to and – you know, even if you know somebody that knows them, they're just different cats. That's what makes them a head coach in the pros. They're they're just different dudes. They they think differently. They talk. This guy's just like when I got done talking to him, I looked at my the guy that introduced me and I said, I feel like that's a guy I just met through a friend in a bar, and we had some things in common, and now I could call him and say, Hey, man, we're all getting together. You want to join us? That kind of guy, and that translates to players. It really does. I mean, even though they're you know, highest level of athlete on the planet, rich, famous. He, when you can just relate to a guy, it makes it so much easier. Is there a lesson? Because, you know, as you mentioned, like LeBron gets there and the first thing he wants is, you know, he wants him gone. And Pat Riley, and I think there was probably the assumption because when Pat Riley had Stan Van during that 06 run, you know, he let him go and he went and took, you know, he took the team. And I think there was that assumption it was going to happen again. But clearly, Pat Riley viewed Spolstra in a, a different caliber. And I think you could say the same thing with Malone with the Nuggets. Like, there were multiple opportunities where the Nuggets could have moved on. Is 100%. There, is there a lesson to be learned for, like, in this day and age now where it feels like, you know, uh, Taylor Taylor's what? I think he's the fifth most tenured head coach, and it's four full seasons. Like, is there a lesson for continuity? Right. Well, we could be taught one real fast. We could be taught one in Philadelphia this next year, Milwaukee this next year, Toronto this next year, uh, Phoenix this next year where people come in. Look, I get if you're an owner. Let's take Phoenix, for example. I sure. get if you're an owner and you come in and you write a check that starts with a B and ends with an Illions. And, Four of them. You know, yeah, a lot of them. And uh, you, you don't get along with the coach. Now, in that aspect, that's on the coach a little bit. Like, you get a new boss. Like sure. Sometimes these coaches get a new boss, and they're like, you're not going to come in here and tell me how to do this, and you're going to give me what I want. And sometimes you got to go, yo, uh, look, man, I know you are a coach, and I know you're a former player, and I know you know the game inside and out. But that is your boss. That is the guy that makes the ultimate decision. And you butting heads with them is really not a good career move in terms of strategy of keeping your job. And it just it just is the way it is, you know, whether it's a GM or a head coach. Those guys are in a position a shade above you, unless you give the coach the type of power that someone like Greg Popovich has. But that didn't just come 
hand here, walk into San Antonio, and here you go, Greg, you're the guy. He earned that. Um, and sometimes coaches feel like they've earned it, and sometimes owners don't always agree. And when you get an ownership change, that's a big deal. And I'm not saying go dive on the sword and don't be who you are, but, like, realize the pecking order at some point. So let's start there. You look at Michael Malone, yeah, the, the Nuggets could have very easily moved on from him more than once. And people would have gone, okay, I get it. Maybe they just need somebody else to give them that spark. Because that spark happened with Nick Nurse in, in Toronto, right? Yeah. Dwayne Casey was winning games. Nick Nurse comes in, they win a title. Well, look, as good as Nick Nurse was as a coach, and he's a very good coach, and I hate to see him let go, uh, because I, I do think he I, I do think he's in a situation where he was a little hamstrung with injuries and what happened to that roster. But that year, he also got Kawhi Leonard. I mean, I will never forget the preseason of that year where they made the trade, they get Kawhi Leonard, and a healthy Danny Green, who at the time was one of the better 3 and D guys in the league for DeMar DeRozan, who wasn't really a great three-point shooter. He had taken more, but an okay a defender, and Jakob Pertl. Yeah. And Jakob Pertl was a nice backup big, nice, when I mean nice, okay. That's Danny Green and Kawhi Leonard. At the time, Kawhi Leonard, the best two-way player in the league and the best 3 and D guy, and you got them for that. Yeah, you just took a huge step forward. But he learned, he got them to play the way he wanted them to. They make the trade for Marc Gasol, and they win a championship. And so, you know, but you, you watch these guys, and you see why some guys get let go. And Michael Malone, like I said, could have very easily gotten let go. They missed the playoffs a couple years in a row by a single game. By a single game. And you can, I'm sure if you really want to nitpick as a GM, go back, look through the schedule. Sure. Where did we lose games we could have won? Where did you make decisions that could have changed this perspective. Instead, they said, hey, look, we've got a good young core. This kid we got in the second round has a chance to be special. We got this kid out of Kentucky that can really shoot the basketball in the lottery. We've got some picks coming up. And don't forget that when Michael Porter Jr. slid down that draft, if he had not had that back injury, he's never there. The Clippers had a chance to get him, and everybody and their brother thought there's no way the Clippers pass on that guy. And they did. And the guys they passed on them for, I think at least one of them, if not both, are out of the league. And Denver said, we don't need him next year. He can come as the 14th pick, sit on the bench, and we'll get him when he's healthy. And if we don't get out of him what we need, two years he's gone, and it's not a huge risk for us, but it's a huge reward. They had the wherewithal to make those decisions. And they also had the wherewithal to realize We've got Nikola Jokic and Yusuf Nurkic. Jokic is the better overall player. Jokic is starting for us right now. Let's get what we can for him. They ship him to Portland. They get Plumlee and picks. They made some savvy moves in the front office, but everybody was on the same page. And I go back with Malone to when he left Sacramento. One of the most talented guys I've ever seen is DeMarcus Cousins. But he also is one of the toughest to coach. Yeah. He literally stepped up to the Kings management and said, you just made a massive mistake letting that guy go. That's the guy that actually held this together. Despite what DeMarcus would do to his teammates at the time, which was a reportedly great off the court, on the court could like make somebody feel about an inch tall and pretty much worthless, even though he wasn't necessarily trying to do that. That was his way of trying to fire people up. Maybe it didn't work as well as he would have liked but super talented, and when your best player steps up for a coach, that says a lot because usually it's your best player that turns on you first when you're not doing your job. Uh, I mean, John Calipari used to say that. He goes, I, I knew I was done in New Jersey when I lost Kenny Coleman and Kenny Anderson oh, yeah, and yeah. Marcus Canby. When they, when they just said, we're, we're not going to play for this guy anymore, uh, th- then you know you're done. But when you got your best player, when you get the zig, stepping up going that was a mistake you know you probably let the wrong guy go is there because there's always for me there's always this question of are there are there lessons that you can take when you see other people be successful or is it more random than that when you look at when you look at what you're seeing that's being successful right now in the playoffs are, are there lessons that you would you would hope that the Grizzlies would take to heart yes absolutely 
I think that there's a couple lessons. One, and the one that I've stood by since the day I started working in broadcasting for this league, even before I was here in Memphis, when you look at the great teams that have long-term success, I'm not talking about single year. Sure. I'm not talking about, hey, everybody S- just showed up one year and we got good. Like sustained success. Sustained excellence. Continuity. You keep your players together. You keep your coaching staff intact. You run the same system. You run it throughout the system. Now, especially with the G League, you have a G League team that's on board. They're on board. 